0: Matthew or Matthew, listen to me listen to me. it's Romans chapter one. Hopefully you guys have all finished up the book of Matthew by now um, so you're ready to go today as we continue this uh, <laughs> this journey through uh, the New Testament which we began at the beginning of the year and uh, we are now in the book of Romans. man, it's a great time to jump on if you're just jumping on with us for morning prayer this is a this is a good and it's a good time to jump on. Uh, with the book of Romans, we're going through our handy dandy reading guide here from Navigators three by or five by five by five. Check just checking boxes every day, just checking boxes every day. All right, so you know what we do we, um, we read, we pray, we pretty much change the world. (laughs) All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Britt. Good morning, Kay. Irene, good morning. You're getting ready to go to the intern um, retreat, I assume. So, All right, let's do it. Romans chapter 1. Here we go. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. There's a lot in that first verse, right? He's a son, a servant or a bondservant of Christ Jesus, Messiah Jesus, called to be an apostle, a sent one. He's set apart for what? The gospel of God, the good news of God. Verse 2 the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who has who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. So right there in the opening two verses, uh, Paul has already declared Jesus' humanity and divinity. Good morning, Julie. Right there. Good morning, Mark. Diana, good morning. He was a descendant of David as to his human earthly life, but through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, Messiah, Lord. Through him, through Jesus, we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his namesake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Verse seven, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace, charis and shalom, grace and peace to you from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. See, like sometimes, you know, sometimes people say, man, the Trinity, the Trinity ain't even in the Bible. Why y'all talk about the Trinity? Trinity ain't even in the Bible. Yeah. Well, just right there in the first six verses of Romans, you see the Holy Spirit. You see the father, you see Christ, you see the Trinity. You're right. The word Trinity is never in the Bible. You can't find it. But the uh, the presence of all three are all over the place. And Paul affirms Spirit, Son of God, and Father are right there in the first few verses of Romans. Now, interestingly, Paul at this point when he writes this letter, he's never been to Rome yet. He's probably writes this letter from Corinth during his third missionary journey, which uh, you could probably read up on in in Acts 20. And um, it's when Paul would write the letter to the Romans. And the church, and Paul did not found the church then, of course, in Rome, since he'd never been there. He didn't found it. Uh, it's likely that the Rome, the church in Rome was birthed out of the Jerusalem persecution. The day of Pentecost, actually the day of Pentecost, people are in, in, in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, preach the gospel, hear the good news, they go back to their place, their homes, and they start churches, micro churches, little churches, little house churches, all kinds of little churches everywhere. Good morning, everybody. Glad you guys are on. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Jay, Danielle. We're in uh, Romans. We're in the book of Romans. We're just starting it. We, uh, we just finished the first seven verses. Now we're going to jump on over to verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Paul wants to go. So he's writing this letter to kind of build rapport, build a connection, because he wants to go and and uh, do missionary work in Rome. Um, Romans is, Paul, by the far, one of the most logical uh, well laid out theological treaties of the Bible of the of Christian theology it's it's very linear it's very logical it builds upon precept upon precept it's like a sermon you can read it almost straight through and it just it just flows almost it's almost hard to stop know when to stop I mean we have chapter breaks for our benefit but it's almost hard to stop because it all flows from one line of thinking to the next all the way through it's awesome but if you want to get like the nuts and bolts theology of of christian faith man romans is it it's the most it's the best that's why it had such an impact it's had historically had such a powerful impact on the uh some of the most influential individuals in christian history augustine martin luther john wesley all had really powerful encounters with the book of Romans, with God through the book of Romans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. My favorite verse, my life verse, we were going to read it right here in the first chapter. I have a little plaque, a little plaque somewhere around here. with it on it. I love that verse. We're going to go to it. We're going to get to it. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being on. Um, Verse 11. I long to see you so that I might, may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I want to give you something of the Spirit. I want to lay my hands and pray God's blessing and giftedness to, to on your life. And I want to receive from you. That's what the body of Christ is about. <clears throat> Giving and receiving. That's why you need you need the body of Christ. I mean, I've never seen a mature Christian say I don't I don't need the church. Yeah, that's why I don't. That's why I don't. That's why I don't my life after you. Every every mature believer I've ever met was devoted to Christ and committed to the local church. The rest of them ain't worth. Ain't worth. Ain't worth following. It's true. You hear people say, "I like Jesus, I just don't like the church." Well, you don't like Jesus that much. <laughs> you know, you don't love Jesus that much. I love Jesus, but I just don't care about the church. Man, well, you don't love Jesus a whole lot. I hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you, but you love Jesus, you're gonna love His bride the problem, problem, most of 90 I'm just going to keep it real with y'all. 90% of the time, people that say that, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. The problem isn't with the church. The problem is with them. Woo. It's Monday, brother. I'm just going to bring it. I'm just going to bring it today. I just got to bring it today. They probably got an, they got an ego problem. They got an attitude problem. They, you know, so now does the church mess up? Yeah. The church messes up. Can the church hurt people? Yeah. Because you know why? Because the church is people. It's human beings. Well, then I don't. I love Jesus. I do love Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart. But I, I can't take the church. Well, you don't love Jesus with all your heart. I'm. I mean, sorry. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you might as well just get off of that 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 fantasy you're living. It's not true. Now, now, I'm just going to keep it even, right? It's possible for you to love the church, but you don't love Jesus either. I've seen that before, too. Oh, I love the church. I love everything about the church. But then they they, they mean, as, mean as nails. It's like, well, if you're going to love Jesus, if you're going to love the church, you need to start loving Jesus. Anyway, anyway, anyways. Back on the Romans here. What are talking about? But it's mutually encouraged. Paul has a has a healthy, honest, vibrant view of the church. Mutually encourage each other. Man, yeah, I love the church. I love the church. I see people backhand the church. Look, and I see it all the time, man. People are like love to backhand a church. Look, if you backhand a church, it don't mean you're relevant, it just means you're mean. People are like, I'm going to backhand the church. I'm going to give it back. The church is going to backhand the church about how bad the church is. It don't make you relevant. It makes you mean. Shh. So save it. Save it. It's funny how people talk. I love, love God and love others. Unless it's in the church, then y'all mean as heck to the church. What's wrong with you? Love God, love others, and be mean to the church. No, 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 no. Stop it. Y'all get y'all get me all worked up this morning suddenly get me all crazy relevant we just be i'm i'm just we're just relevant to today's culture so you know we love jesus and our rock but we don't like the church you know you just mean you just mean I. Right. and that means you need to let jesus more Okay, okay, okay. Um, where are we at? What verse? Somebody help me. Here we go. Uh 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now. I couldn't get there. In order, in order that I might bring a harvest among you, just as I have among many other Gentiles. So I, he's like, I feel it. I, he said, I'm feeling like God wants me there, and I'm gonna, I, we're gonna reach people. We're gonna reach people for Jesus. We're gonna build a church. But, uh, but I haven't been able to come yet. But I'm, I'm, I'm we're we'll, we'll gonna get there. All right. So, verse 14. We're getting close to my favorite verse of all times. It's hard to say you got a favorite verse, but this is like, this has been a favorite of mine for a very, very long time. Verse 14. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks. Both to the wise and to the foolish. I don't. I'm not sure which one I am, y'all. I think I'm probably the foolish. But I'm glad. I'm glad Paul and Jesus love me. All right. He's obligated to the wise and the foolish. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. He said, "Man, I want to preach." Here's my verse. Here's my verse, y'all. Romans one sixteen. It's also the thesis, I think of the book of romans it's the main point of the whole book of romans this is what you're gonna to try to do and this is this is my favorite verse of all time in the history of humanity <laughs> actually no 50 years actually since i became a christian so less than that 30 years one 31 i'm terrible at math 31 years all right Verse 16, Romans 1.16, got to notice when you got to memorize it. Say it with me, y'all. I know some of you guys out there know it, so you just say it with me. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Mm, I love it. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God or salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Look, Terry's commentary ain't gonna change anybody's life. Preachers, just preachers, just talking their ideas, isn't gonna change anyone's life. But you know what will change the people, somebody's life? You know what is the power of God? The gospel. And when we preach the gospel, it changes people's lives. I ain't ashamed of the gospel. I ain't ashamed of the gospel. It's it's it changes. Anybody and everybody. Then the more you know what when we the more we get ashamed of the gospel, the less of the power of God we see. And you see it, you see it around. So where'd the power of God go from our services? Are you preaching the gospel, not your opinion, not your politics, not your your perspective, not your your brand of doctrine from your group? Are you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you preach the gospel, that's where the power of God is, and He' gonna tell us in seventeen why. Here we go. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. How does one? How is one made right? It is revealed to us through the gospel. So, for in the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. You're not going to see how to be made right with God without the preaching of the gospel. Mm. We wonder sometimes in our churches why don't people understand the gospel? Why don't they understand how to be made? Because you got to make the gospel clear. You got to preach the gospel. You got to teach the gospel. How, why do our kids and our children don't know how, they, why don't, don't they understand how to be made right with God? Because we're not teaching them the gospel. We're teaching them a whole bunch of other religious stuff, but are we teaching the gospel of God? Because in the gospel, a righteousness of God is revealed. Man, I'm so fired up this morning. You know what happens when you don't preach on Sunday? See what happens? You see what happens when I don't? I don't preach on Sunday. Then I just preach all to y'all, to all y'all. And they're like, why? What do we do to deserve this? Why you gotta? Why you gotta mess with us? We just trying to have morning prayer, and you keep going off. That's true, right? I don't understand why this younger this younger generation just don't understand how to be made right with God. Are we telling them the gospel? Are we telling them the gospel? Well, oh, I tell you what. All right. For in the gospel, the good news, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is what? That is by faith. From first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. There's a righteousness that we can receive from God that we are re- that we receive by faith. And how is that? How do we know that? It's revealed to us. How? Through the gospel. It all goes together. There's this right. Nest with God that can be experienced and be stepped into by faith, but the only way you're going to understand how to get it or to step into it is through the gospel. That's why it's good news. It's a righteousness that's been revealed from God. He's going to talk about that later. It's not a works righteousness; it's a righteousness that comes from God. Okay, I got to move on, guys. I'm got to move on. We're going to be here all day. We're already 17 minutes in, and I'm, I'm we just it. It's about to get it's about to get strong right now. At verse eighteen, the wrath of God. See, Paul going. He look. Paul's going to start in Romans one, showing how the whole, everybody's lost. There's not one righteous. No, not one. There's nobody that's holy. Nobody that don't need Jesus. There ain't nobody out there like that. I know. I know. I know your aunt, your grandma, your uncle. He was a great person. She was sweet. He was awesome. But they all need Jesus. And so do you. <laughs> and Paul's going to make that very clear. That's where he's going. He's going to start from the bottom and build it up. So here we go. Verse 18. The wrath of God. Now, we don't like to talk about the wrath of God. Like, I, don't want a, I love a loving God, not a wrathful God. You want a wrathful God. Yes, you do. You trying to tell me you don't want a God that's ever going to punish evil. Think about that. I don't I like a loving God. I don't like a wrathful God. You don't want a God that's gonna make things right. Really? How, how would you that, parents? What if you were a parent that never administered justice in your house, but you only let the children do whatever they wanted to do? You never, you never set things right. It's chaos. It's chaos, and it's not loving. A, a God without justice is not a loving God. It's not. It's not. But they say people say, I, you know, I just all and you know, and you don't get to choose anyway. You don't get to pick them. Pick your character like like a menu. Here, take take pick your five characteristics for your God that you would like. It don't work that way. I want one that's loving and that's cuddly and that says bro very nice things to me and that is always happy that the that's the god i want how about a god of justice how about a god of honor how about a god of strength yeah holiness all right when well, you don't get to pick. so anyway verse 18 the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, hold on. Look, he's already saying the rat like, when is the wrath of God going to be poured out? Look, get what Paul is saying. He's saying it already is. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven. How? He's letting people have what they want. Mm. He's He's honoring their choices. You say, man, what's happening in our world? You know what that's happening? The wrath of God is being revealed. How? God's honoring their choice. This is what you want. This is the way you want to live. I will respect your decision. And the wrath of God is revealed in that. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all un- ungodliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since that they sense what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Ooh, people are without excuse. People are without excuse. We what talk about? about natural revelation. Theologically, the idea of natural revelation is that through creation itself, there uh, there's a, rev- a revealed Uh, of what's right and wrong to some degree, obviously from natural revelation, you don't get the gospel of Jesus, but from natural revelation, you get a sense of right and wrong. Generally a general idea of what's right and wrong. And so people are without excuse. And even, even on that limited basis of revelation, people are still rascals. People still do mean stuff to each other. They still disregard God. They still, dis- see, well, that's what he's saying. They're, they're without excuse. He's saying, and it, like, without excuse. Verse 21. For although they knew God, they, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. See, that's what happens. You disregard God. You disregard God. You ignore that there's a God. And then what happens? They didn't recognize him. They didn't give thanks to him. And then their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then they started their blogs. No. (laughs) And then they wrote a book. (laughs) I digress. I digress. Verse 22. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. They started worshiping created things. And now we see that, man. We see that all over the place. People worship created things. They worship the, the creation and not the creator. Verse 24, here it is. Here's the wrath of God. Therefore, because of that, because they disregarded God, because they're without excuse, because they, all these things. God gave them over. How is God's wrath being revealed on the earth? He's, he's letting people do what they want to do. You want your, you want to make that decision? You have the free will to make that decision. I will honor your decision for a while. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> for the season, you, you we will honor your choice. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the de- degrading of their bodies with one another. So he's going to highlight sexual sin here as an example. It's not the only example of how we're worshiping created things rather than the creator. But it's a prominent one in Rome, and it's a prominent one now. So he's like, let me give you an example of how this works. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worshipped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Here's some examples. Even their women exchanged natural relations with, for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men. And received in themselves a due penalty for their error. I'm telling you, man, look, that's, Paul has given an example of homosexual behavior. As an example of that. As an example of God's, God lets you, you do, can, you can choose. Is it God honoring? No. But yeah, you can choose and God will honor your choice. That's the wrath of God being revealed. And it's not the only example, not the only kind of sin. There's lots of other examples. Paul uses that to illustrate the point, though. Verse 28. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. So that they do what ought not be done. You ever said, "Well, I just—I I mean, I don't—I I feel like if God didn't want me to do it, I'd, I'd feel a conviction about it. No, if God didn't want you to do it, read His read His Word. I just feel like—I just feel like if God didn't want me to do that, then I'd feel—I I'd feel guilty, or I feel—I feel—but I feel led to do it. I don't care how you feel led. What does the book say? What? I feel led to eat cake all the time. I feel led." To eat two gallons of ice cream every day. Twice a day. I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) People say, I just feel led. No, I don't care about how you feel led. I don't care. Look, that's a place for that. As long as it's uh, submissive to the word of God. All right, we got to finish here. They have done... They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife. Look, there's a whole lot more. He's he talking about a whole lot more there in sex, than sexual sin now. He's talking about a whole lot of things, right? It's not just about homosexuality. He's talking about a whole lot of things now. They've become filled with wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil remind me of Clark Griswold on Christmas on Christmas vacation. Is he going off right now? <laughs> <laughs> They're gossip, slanderers, God haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. they invent ways of doing evil. they disobey their parents and they have no understanding of no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Woo! so there's a so not only do they do anything they're complicit with people who are doing them Say, very good you you do you boo you do you boo you do you foo <laughs> right he said that no no you not just could oh way to go yeah that sounds great you do you 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 follow your own truth woohoo no if your truth contradicts the word of God guess what it's not true. Well, we we jumped out the gate running today. We we just we we leapt out the gate. So fun, awesome day to start this podcast. This may cause no one to ever listen to this podcast again. <laughs> this this may just shut this whole thing down. Boom, right there. But it is what it is. All right, you guys. Well, um, uh, you know what? You know what we do? We read, we pray. So it's time to pray. Let's pray. Hey guys, so we ran a little long with our Romans 1 study, so we didn't have time to pray um, on the podcast, but uh, we do always take time to pray. So I just want to say a quick prayer for you and for your day. Lord, thank you for the book of Romans. Thank you for my friends as we have read and studied together. Lord, I pray that we uh, might not be ashamed of the gospel, um, but we would uh, not be arrogant with it, not be boastful with it, but also not be ashamed because it is the power of God for salvation. So Lord, help us today to be your hands and feet and to be loving ambassadors of this amazing good news of the gospel. But bless my friends, whatever they're facing, may you give them peace and grace that they need for today as we serve and love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks guys, have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on